And bam, we are live. Uh, welcome, guys, to episode number 12 of the Lift Free and Die Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And I brought back a friend of mine, Chad Hargrove. He, you can find one of his episodes in the earliest archives of the, uh, the Fitness Devil stuff. And uh, he's an online fitness and nutrition coach. And one of the cool things about Chad is early on, as, uh, as Instagram sort of was really blowing up for fitness professionals, Chad really jumped on that and grew a really large following that he now has, um, you know, consistently serving and it's led to a, a lot of online clients and a lot of success in that realm. So first and foremost, I want to see what you've been up to since the last time we sat down. I was in Toronto in the fall going to a couple of Tool concerts wearing my Tool shirt. Uh, <laughs> so we went to dinner with Louis Guarino and Carol McDonald. And that was really fun. So what have you been up to since? And I'll throw a couple other things that you can dance around too. Um, I, I know you talk about like career branding and maybe being yeah. brand a little bit. Where's your focus been on that? Yeah. And uh, let's see. I, I know you mentioned the idea of losing weight slow and the battle yeah. with the fast weight loss marketing stuff. So yeah. So I guess since that uh, since that day, uh, was it Tironi in Toronto? Yeah, we had some drinks there and stuff. But um, it's been you know. What I did, uh, I think within about a month ago, I month after that, I went home to, uh, uh, I left my lease in Toronto. I was planning on traveling through the winter, um, you know, and business-wise, it's been kind of uh, similar up, up to that point, but I was going to go travel over the winter and obviously all this stuff happened. Um, so I was uh, stuck with my friends playing about three months uh, over the course of the holidays. I left my year and, um, and I ended up kind of getting spit back to back to the city in about uh, about March, um, obviously with no travel and, and all that stuff goes. So we'll see if I end up doing that. But um, business wise, it's you know it's it's been pretty level. I haven't made too many changes there as far as uh, you know my one one on one coaching goes. That's been that's been fairly stable through through this period. Um, but as far as the uh, you know the the business side and the the branding side and, and that conversation, I guess. Uh, um, there's been, you know, I've been kind of just trying to think of like where this, you know, where this business goes, because for the, for the, for the most part over the last few years, I've just been kind of like, um, you know, hitting social media as hard as I can. And, you know, as far as the, uh, the brand of my business goes, it's basically just been kind of just whatever the crap I think is important on, on a daily basis. And just coming up with that, where there's been no actual structure with, um, you know, how am I differentiating myself from people? And I think like, you know, we go back to, uh, you know, probably episode, episode three, four or five of, of fitness devil podcast when I had just started getting, you know, a following an audience of a, you know, a greater magnitude compared to the, you know, just selling to my friends and, and that type of stuff. And, um, and I kind of just went with that for about, you know, three years, which has worked out really well. And, and I kind of, you know, it was kind of like, what are the next steps? And, when you start to get to a point where, I don't know, you know, business is good and it's doing well, you kind of think, you know, what's the next step. And obviously when you get into a place where, um, you know, people are seeing my stuff, but they're also seeing like some of the, you know, friends I have, some of your stuff, all this stuff. Um, it's like, how are people going to decide how to work with you? And I was working with a business coach about, you know, up until, uh, a several months ago, but we, you know, on day one, we went over a unique selling proposition, which is, you know, everyone's probably heard of that in business, but it's basically just like, what's, what's going to make you different from everyone else. Um, even though you you're, you're really all selling the same things or should be selling the same things, but how are you, you going to differentiate yourself? And this could be, you know, you like donuts versus other trainers who may not like donuts as much, but it could be, uh, you know, the, the animals you have and, or, or Harry Potter. We, we both know Jordan side and it's Harry Potter pretty hard. Um, but it could also be just like your beliefs as far as, um, you know, what your brand stands for, or, you know, you know, you don't believe people should be doing a lot of cardio or, um, you know, I, I get people these results on two workouts a week, um, you know, or, or, or branding yourself around certain trends, like intermittent fasting or ketogenic diet or, or you know, whatever you want to do. But um, on day one with my business coach, he kind of was like, you know, like, here's an example, because I was looking for some examples. He goes, you could be the guy that helps people lose weight slow. And I kind of, you know, brushed over it and I was like, okay, that's a cute example. Um, you know, like onto the next one, I kind of just like, it was kind of like an afterthought. And then over the course of, I think seven months later or something, I, I was brushing over some business stuff, uh, just like a copywriting book or something like that. And, uh, someone mentioned, uh, some sort of concept in marketing or, or copywriting. And, 
someone built a business around uh, like get, get rich slow, get rich slowly. And it kind of just like knocked me over the head. And I was like, oh, I, can, I can see how that would work. And I could see how that could like, you know, people could kind of latch onto that idea. And uh, it got to a point where I think it happened again. Someone mentioned it. And I just thought to myself, like most of the stuff that I believe in is around patience and around teaching people how to do it a little bit slowly. And, and you know, my most successful clients didn't rush the process. They're normal people. They go out and drink, they go on vacations. So it was just like time for a certain amount of honesty with that. Um, and now I'm kind of in a period of kind of testing it out and, you know, seeing how people respond to it. I have a, I have a 30 day challenge where I'm kind of teaching people how to just start a diet properly, like start a fat loss process properly without like, you know, the 1200 calorie day stuff and seeing how people respond to it. And if it goes well, um, you know, the, you know, the, the words are positive about it coming from the customer. I may push it out a little bit harder, but, um, yeah, it's just a matter of just finding something that, you know, is different than what everyone else is saying. Something that you said in there about, you know, the next step, <clears throat> this is something that you know, having been in the industry a decade, you watch all these people as you're learning and coming up through. And one of the things that I never really clued in early on, I'm starting to see much more in recent years is, you know, these people who've attained this certain level, you know, it, it was a sort of naive notion that, oh, you reach this level and you're at that level, but you're seeing a lot of successful people now who are pivoting in new directions and they're not necessarily, I mean, a lot of people have already, a lot of the names that we know are no longer coaching one-on-one -on, -one on the gym floor. A lot are, you know, a guy like Lee Post is just on and Lee still works with clients in person. Lee's also you know, young for a guy who's been around a long time. He's still quite young, but then there are other people who yep. tell there is the goal of not necessarily leaving the fitness industry, but they got bigger, broader goals. And I suppose there's also people too who pivoted. We're just kind of used to the pivot, like a, a Dr. Mike Isertel, who you know, is one of the co-founders of Renaissance Periodization. And they're a big company. They do really, really well. And, you know, Mike started out as a you know, professor amongst other things, right? So there, there have been a lot of people yeah. who've made those shifts before. So we can expect, you know, people to, as they gain more traction, more brand, to want to make shifts and while personally I do like coaching clients on the gym floor, I think a lot of people's long-term plan is to yeah. get away from that floor. And I think the industry, and I, you might be able to speak to this, uh, has sort of been selling, hey, like get off the gym floor and go into online training. And then there's yeah. online training, but it's still work. Right? I mean, um, yeah, I know I have friends who have over a hundred you know, online clients. If it's like training clients or nutrition clients, right? Some of the stronger you coaches, like, yeah. my former uh, co-host you know yeah. he's probably, you know I, I suspect very well he's over 100 clients just in nutrition coaching yeah and that sort of seems mind-boggling to me but then again i probably juggle you know 40 to 50 in-person people not everybody is there like weekly some are a little more sporadic yeah so but there's the desire to probably grow beyond that i mean uh jordan said we had talked to him a long time ago and if anybody remembers he had explored the idea of a a, a coffee company now that ever materialized or, or kind of worked out or you get uh, obviously Lane Norton has got a whole bunch of big things going on and he had his carbon uh, brand on bodybuilding.com and he had avatar. And again, both of those things also flamed out too. So those, those are some examples of some, some pivots in that direction that actually didn't work. Now they're both highly successful individuals who've still gone on to do other things. Yep. The lesson there is, you know, I'm not one of these big people that like, let's celebrate the hell out of failure. But yeah. these notable failures and clearly the people learn from them that didn't slow them down. So uh, do you see yourself ever wanting to, to build something or go in a direction that gets away from actually coaching the end user client? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, and I think that's kind of where I'm at, like a, a bit of a crossroads with what I'm doing is, um, you know, I, I love the coaching, but there's also an aspect of interest in, you know, in, in, in reaching, like in reaching more people or in just developing a business. I mean, like I, 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 there's an entrepreneurial itch. Um, and I know the entrepreneurial thing in, you know, our industry is like, it's just like a, it's just a total buffet of uh, stupidity sometimes, but you know, there, there is an aspect of just wanting to do good and wanting to, um, you know, reach more people and, you know, put good out, put, put stuff that's actually going to help people, but also just an interest in like, you know, uh, building a business. And I'm still like at a point where I'm just like, do I want to have a team? Do I want to build, like, do I want to hire coaches? Do I want to, 
you know, is that the model I want to go under? Um, you know, I look at, uh, I got to look up to uh, Mike Dola, Mike Dola a lot of Stronger You. Uh, and I just can't imagine the, the stuff he deals with on a daily basis, just managing such a, such a big thing. Like I can just only imagine, but do I want to go something in that route or, or is there a, like, or do you want to be like selling courses and, you know, searching for quote unquote passive income, which, you know, obviously requires a tremendous amount of work before it ever happens. But, um, you know, I, so I'm, I'm not even sure what I want to, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of exhausted my, my, my limit as far as, you know, putting out content on a daily basis and coaching clients at the same time. And, you know, I know where I don't like, I know I want to, I know I want to stay in business somehow, it, but it's just a matter of what it actually looks like. And, um, you know, whether it's all of the above or whether, whether it's some of it, but I just think that, um, you know, the ability to, uh, you know, say it in a different way and, you know, say it in a way that I think could actually help people get better results. But whether that's me saying like, you know, what, what's the best thing to offer is kind of what I want to offer or whether it's, you know, whether it's video courses that people are actually learning, like, you know, that it's improving people's relationship with food and, you know, giving people more, more realistic diet advice or whether it's, um, you know, hiring coaches, because I think that's, that's actually the best use of people's money. And I think like, you know, based on being a coach myself, I've seen, like, I, I put out a challenge for $67 recently and I, I sell coaching for, you know, quite a bit more than that. And it's like, I had to hammer people over the head to buy something for $67. Um, and people are just like coaching. It, it felt like it was almost easier for me to put out one pitch for coaching openings where I, you know, can get a whole bunch of people coming in for much, much more. So it's about what people think is most going to help them the most. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at in terms of trying to decide where I'm going. And I think I've, you know, I talked to you a little bit about being stale on social media and stuff. And I think that kind of plays into it is just, you know, like it's felt the same for a long time. Um, so I'm kind of like, you know, what's, what's, what's going to be different about this, but, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, it's just whatever is going to be most valuable for people out there. And I'll come back to scale in a second, but you, know, you, mm -hmm. you hit on something really important is that bumping up against your limits in terms of the number of people you can work with and, you know, what you can physically coach in your current yeah. format. I think there's probably a lot of people listening who probably haven't, like, they're still working on, they're still building up and they may not know what bumping up against that ceiling feels like, right? You get told various things like, oh, you've got to do, Yeah. years back, it was all semi-private training. And I never bought into that idea because I actually don't like it very much because I feel like I, the way that I do yep. my dynamic with my clients, I don't feel like that necessarily gives them the relationship that a lot of my clients value. And I obviously think now, given all the shit that's going on with COVID or whatever, and, and I'm still in one of the jurisdictions that has been the least affected by and has had the least stringent lockdown. So I'm still able to coach full-time and I've had no issues there since we reopened. Yep. But I just don't see semi-private as being probably something people are going to jump on right now. Online, obviously, is the, the more recent, more popular pivot and makes more sense. Yeah. Yes, it just has to become what each individual person foresees wanting to do. And you know, mentioned hiring coaches. So uh, Sohi Lee is a good example. She's got a, a team. I think she's got four coaches. Yeah. Uh, Myra being one of them who I chat with on a semi-regular basis. She's really, really cool. Yeah, and, and you got Mike Dola, obviously, who built a much, much bigger organization, Stronger You, and you got, um, you know, Jay Woith and, and now Brad Dieter, uh, friends of mine who run Macros Inc. Brad recently reached out to me and asked me to, you know, find him some coaches because I have a big network of people and sure enough, yeah. he shared a bunch of my, uh, my referrals. So, and that's really, really cool. And for a lot of coaches as well, getting to work, like not everybody has that entrepreneurial spirit or the stamina, the intestinal fortitude to constantly work at it, constantly work at it, and to even want to grow your own big brand. A lot of people would feel a lot safer working under an umbrella that kind of feeds you and you can do the coaching work best. Guido and I were talking about this on the phone yesterday and how you know, me, I've been putting a ton of effort into my social media and I like and embrace the idea of establishing a brand identity, whereas Guido is much more inclined to, you know, he's got a baby on the way. He's not interested in serving that. So yeah. He's, he's really more interested in being part of something bigger, doing it, doing his job really well. Obviously he's being well compensated for it, but yeah. he doesn't have that same itch to, Hey, I need to be Jordan Syatt, you know, mm -hmm. hey, the, uh, you know, Jill Coleman or, or these people who've done a really good job of putting themselves out and establishing a brand name in the industry or, you know, guys like Martin Rooney, right. Yep. He's built a good, great organization underneath them, but he's still a big brand name. 
Yeah. So with the staleness, you know, what's been your thought process with a how how you felt about feeling stale and is there any insight into how to pivot or to get through the staleness? Yeah, you know, like I why did well first off why did it come and I, and I think like part of it was just that like I just felt like I was getting up and doing the same things a lot and I think part of it was COVID like it's just like just like not being able to do, be in the gym I'm I'm living in a house that's like um you know just super narrow so setting up video and doing different things here has been challenging and um. You know, and I think like it, it got to a point where like some of it, I think was a little bit of imposter syndrome, like, and, and which I like hadn't dealt with in a, in a, in a, in a way that I've felt, uh, up until like the last six months. And I don't know why it was because I just, um, you know, I hit, hit a point with like, all of this stuff was just nothing that I imagined would happen. Like if you talked to me three years ago, the idea that like, um, I would have more than 10 or 15 clients at a time or like that, that I'd like that getting clients wouldn't be the hard part about this. Um, you know, I just always imagined that it would be a struggle. Um, and I think now that I'm at this point where like, you know, I, I do have an itch entrepreneurial, entrepreneurially, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, building things and, you know, I can, I can, I can understand how, you know, I, I watch people who go to great, great heights with these and build big, big, big businesses and stuff like that. I can, I can understand it. And I think now I'm kind of just watching those people who are kind of like a step away and I'm like almost intimidated by it or almost like, you know, my, my worries are maybe a little bit more complicated so that the, uh, the problems to solve sound like bigger and more complicated. So it's almost like I'm hitting, hitting this wall where the, the feeling of trying to break through it is harder than it's ever been. Um, and it's also like the advice in order in, in how to get through it or like how to get, you know, how to grow beyond this or what way to do it. The advice out there is much, much less. And what is out there is much, much more expensive. So that's almost like a, there's a, there's a bit of a loneliness to it. Um, there is a bit of a, uh, like, like, you know, do I deserve to go do that? Or, you know, am I comfortable here? Or, you know, if I get too comfortable is, you know, is this going to go away? Um, you know, and I think that part of it, uh, and actually one thing I wanted to talk about, because I knew we'd talk about this, and I don't think people talk about it much, but, um, you know, the, the validation piece of social media is, you know, something I, I've experienced more than, you know, most people have, like, like my phone has essentially been in a drug house for about three three years and what i mean by that is every time i flick it stuff is happening in a way that like my friends want to grab my phone and see what it's like like because it's just lighting up constantly and uh especially uh between what 2018 2019 that was happening in a way that was like and i don't care how 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 aware you are that the phones are addicting and, and these things are just like dopamine hits and that type of stuff. I don't care how aware you are. It's, it's kind of like marketing. It's like, if you're really, really good at marketing and advertising, you can basically tell people you're manipulating them and then still manipulate them. Um, just because you're aware that the phone is addicting you doesn't, it, it's good to be aware of that, but it's not saving you. So when you're on social every day and hitting those, you know, the likes, the comments, the DMs, like, just like, I love you. Like it's just happening all the time. Um, and then what happens is the, uh, the, the you know, the, the platform starts to take that attention away a little bit. And, uh, obviously they're making room for ad space and, you know, that's, that's their model. And that's, you know, you know, that's going to happen, but over the past, you know, six to 12 months, increasingly, like I'll put out a post and get eight comments or all, uh, you know, the likes are down or the posts aren't going as far. So like when I flick my phone, there's a lot less of that happening. And it's almost felt like a bit of a come down in that, um, you know, it's just like, it's not, it doesn't feel as good. And of course I'm not like, oh, poor me. Like, you know, I need my Instagram likes, but it's like just the habit of flicking the phone or getting onto it or just doing my job. Um, it's not happening as much. So the, the, uh, the motivation to go to it has been just less. And I think that has actually a play in just like, it's just not exciting to be there that when your views are down or, or and it's almost kind of scary. It's like, Oh Jesus, is this going to keep happening. Um, and worrying about, you know, what that actually means for business. So on the one same token, I start to, and you know, these are just very real worries and, you know, my, in my world where I'm at is while I'm thinking about, you know, 
how to develop the business beyond that. Um, I also have this worry about like, can it go the other way? And so it's almost like, should I be, you know, just holding on to where I'm at and, you know, doing a good job that way? Or is it, is it time to, you know, go full on offense? And these are kind of just the, the, the struggles that grow through my mind on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, worry about, you know, whether to go forward or whether just to prevent yourself from going backwards. And I think a lot of people would be like, the only way not to go backwards is to make sure you're going forward. So it's like, but it's, it's a, it's a bit of a mental grind that way, but I do think there's a lot to say about, you know, just, uh, um, you know, that piece about, you know, just how they're taking attention away and how that can actually, you know, create some staleness in, in what I'm dealing with right now. It, you said a whole bunch of things there that I hadn't really yeah. thought about before. It's not that often I get just a big dump of, whoa, shit, like that. Yeah. <laughs> grab off a few pieces there and go with it. So I'll start with, you know, my own experience. So I, I have, you, you have over 100,000 Instagram followers, right? And we'll come around to your TikTok in a minute because that's the next yep. thing I want to ask about. Yeah. Like TikTok. Um, so I put, anyone who's been listening knows I've been putting a lot of effort into my social media this year. And so by the time this podcast is out, it'll have gone over 8,000 followers, which isn't a lot, you know, in the scope of what, where you are, but, you know, for many of the listeners who are probably sitting there with, you know, a thousand, 2000, 3000 or whatever, you know, the fact that I went from about 3000, the very beginning of the year under three to eight by this point, and, you know, I'm on a pace for 10,000 by Christmas, then that's kind of a big deal. Right. And I've been consistent and very, very engaged in my stuff. And what I've noticed is, as I continue to be engaged and develop a reputation for putting up things that are engaging, then the, the comments and the amount of time and effort and the messages grows and grows and grows. So I know you've experienced that on another scale, you know, another yeah. level again. So it's kind of interesting to see that you found that that's come, come down a little bit. So Megan Calloway recently made some comments. We were chatting about this how she's felt like there's been a change to Instagram and she felt like they're, they're pushing reels because obviously they're competing yes. with TikTok. Yeah. Now, me personally, I haven't noticed any drop off in, in shares or comments or engagement, but I think part of that too is my audience is still kind of this medium-sized audience that is highly engaged with what I'm doing. So I think that's still fine. <laughs> His cat just popped up on the screen. Mine is, I don't know where he is, probably down there. <laughs> uh, and, but I've also seen people... Um, I know Brett Harris had made a post saying that he, he was complaining openly about Instagram and how there were changes. And I don't know if he was getting less engaged. I mean, you know, you go onto his wall and there's like still 10,000 comments per post or whatever, just something absurd. So, but he said he's got to focus more on YouTube and his email list and, and a handful of other things. I think there is a wisdom in not being married into one particular app yeah. uh, or social media entity, right? I, I think it's common wisdom to you know, get your email list going. It's something that I floundered with for a long time. So I recently, you know, hired a friend of mine who's brilliant with email marketing list type stuff. So she's going to set it all up for me. In fact, I'll give her a shout out, Tara Arndt. She's, uh, you can find her on Instagram or Facebook. But if you're interested in learning more about this, what I would start doing is I would just get on her email list because she sends out a lot of information about this. And I was on her email list for quite a while. I know her uh, in person. I know her husband, Tim, who he's, he uh, hosts the, uh, Inline Empire uh, Fitness Conference in Spokane every year, obviously canceled this year. So they're, they're good friends. Yeah, and so yeah. I had someone as a resource uh, when I wanted to go and get email stuff set up. Again, I'm not planning on selling much of anything over it. I mean, I had an affiliate thing with uh, John Goodman, the PTDC, so I could have used it for that, but I mostly did that through social media. But even now, if anyone listening, you, you know, you're just worried about clients on the floor and this stuff that we're talking about seems like three steps ahead, you know, in the future, it's still a good idea to start it now because then that way at least you have it. And I just found it hard to set up because I'm not good with this tech type stuff. So I figured, all right, I'm going to hire an expert. So be aware that there's someone out there who's great at this stuff, someone reputable. I mean, I'm very careful who I recommend. And I mean, Tara, absolutely really good professional person who can help you, but there's going to be a lot to learn even just from the free email stuff. So get on her email list. Now, uh, I guess with the staleness, I don't know if I've really hit that wall yet, but some of the things you told you said about, you know, being kind of capped out with clients, I still yeah. feel like people might look at me and I'm a busy trainer. And yes, there's always new clients coming on, but I still have those little flickers where I'm like, oh, last couple of weeks I haven't trained as many people, people have been inactive, whatever. 
and you start to worry a bit. And then of course the shear throws that into, you know, more flux, but over time you learn to trust the fact that referrals are going to come from place. If you're doing all your groundwork really, really well, and you're being someone who you know, is putting information out there, you have a good reputation, you're taking good care of your clients and just referrals will just happen. They will You just yeah. can't predict when they'll happen. So it still feels like there's always work to do to stay at that level. And I think what I interpret you saying is it's been so secure and automatic because of the scope of your following that you haven't felt that little, you know, button being pushed on him. Ooh, shit, I have to get clients. Ooh, shit, whatever. And then all of a sudden it just becomes a little too complacent. And therefore you keep thinking about, all right, well, what's next? This is easy. So I'm guessing that a lot of the people listening haven't felt that yet because they're still working on their businesses, trying to grow stuff. Hey, I want more online clients, or I'm trying to build up a few more in-person clients. Yeah. And if anybody's experiencing this, either way, yeah. you know, I actually want you to reach out to message me if you feel kind of stale and complacent because it's almost too easy, or if you're very much still in that shit, you know, I'm always quote hustling to make sure I have more clients or, or keep, keep clients coming in as the same pace that people just turn over. Like, I have lifetime clients that I have people who train with me for a while and then they're like, Hey, you know, thanks so much. This is wonderful. So if you've had either of those experiences, yeah. I'd love to hear from you in a message, but um, mm -hmm. you know, any additional thoughts on the, the staleness and, and the direction you want to go, or you just still haven't figured it all out yet. You know, well, I think, um, well, just for the, for the people who like aren't at a point where um you know, that this stuff comes easily. Like, you know, the way I got to this point was taking advantage of a platform that, um, you know, was, was quote unquote open for business. And, you know, we can talk about the TikTok stuff after that, which is kind of where, where more of the opportunity lies right now. But like, uh, I just, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, like, I think a lot of this stuff, like a lot of business is just a matter of, it, it's a, it's a personal development journey, a journey in a lot of ways. And I think you got to go through these periods and just accept them. Um, and I haven't really been too hard on myself as far as just like, you know, not really know, knowing where to go next or sometimes getting up and not really feeling like posting or, or like I, it's actually picked up a little bit lately. And I just had to kind of had to kick myself in, into gear and kind of get back to the basics and kind of get back to what I used to be doing. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's it's been a weird time like i talk you know the the covid things kind of uh it's 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 created some staleness in life with it, which i think has created some staleness in 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 the way i run the business or as as far as like you know the the marketing the content side of things and stuff like that but um but also just you know i've i've forced myself into something new like you know the the, the tiktok thing um which who knows is even gonna be a, a worthwhile um you know venture and whatever but um you know that's kind of the way i've kind of kicked it into uh, you know shaking things up is just trying to look for something different so here's a big question i have about tiktok because i created an account just on jordan science urgings but i really haven't looked at it all i have one post yeah like oh yeah. i'm too many things so one of the things we always battle with is trying to be on too many platforms another thought is yeah well, is this the next big thing? And clearly Jordan has thought it is, and you think it is now Instagram is bringing in reels. So Instagram has been clever in fighting off Snapchat and Snapchat's not set up well for fitness professionals really to take advantage of it as a brand creation vehicle. At least I don't think so. So with TikTok, do you think there is a really big future there? Or, I mean, there's this, this, idea that it's you know younger kids on there and i mean maybe like 10 years yeah. 20 years from now they're going to be like potential like client customer types it, it feels to me like it's so easy to scroll through that i don't how much engagement do you really get on it and how much is it just easy to accumulate following as a vanity metric and how much depth and yeah. is there really in tiktok so I think that's like a good question. Um, and it's, I think like, I don't, so, I mean, for one, I'm throwing myself in there, um, you know, partly because like I can, I, I've got the, I guess like getting on video, like for, for one, I think, I think being on there, even if you like, I don't even plan, like at the, I've got what, 45,000 followers there over the last like six months. Um, I have no idea. I don't even know yet if I have a, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a paid dollar from a customer through that platform. I know I have a lot of like people coming through the email list now, um, which I've used that for, but are they all 17? So it's like, 
I don't know yet. I can't tell who my, I can't even tell the age of my followers. Although, you know, looking at the comments and stuff, you can kind of get a sense, but you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, 16, 17 year olds, but also am I, tr is, is the algorithm kind of pushing my stuff towards older people because I'm older? Um, who knows? Because there's like, my mom shares like five TikToks to her Facebook every day. Uh, my mom is, you know, 65. So it's like, it, it is aging up. And it's like, I'm just kind of there just as a, uh, you know, skill building for one, like, it, like, like if it doesn't work out and I go, you know, and, and people are consuming this type of content on Instagram, then all of a sudden I'm a little bit more comfortable with using these editing things and stuff like that. However, if this is, we're at a point where, you know, it's, it's not beyond TikTok to add pictures. And then all of a sudden my, my recycled infographics that are on my computer, just waiting to get unloaded on a new platform, all of a sudden may, may be able to go viral on a place like that. And maybe a, like, and maybe a following of 50,000 people. And, and again, the, the following numbers, like I was going to mention, I was going to go back to that, but following number is very misleading as far as like, you know, like how well someone's doing or, or, or how many, like how many leads you're going to be getting. Um, you know, there's a different value of follower in different places and how you actually get them. Um, and we're very different that way. But the, the thing is like 50,000 following on, on TikTok right now could, could be like 1 million. Um, if, if the platform continues to grow and it continues to develop, because right now that platform feels like Instagram was when all it was, was a photo editing app. Um, whereas now like it's a video app, it's, uh, you know, you got reels, you got pictures, you got like, you know, like you got lives, um, TikTok has lives, but I'm just saying like this platform may be in like it's crawling stages. Um, mm -hmm. and it may look even more like Instagram. It may be like, who, like, we don't even know what it's going to look like, or it could go away entirely. And all I've got from it was, you know, a few people on my email list that weren't there before. Um, and maybe some some comfort making you know content on reels later on but i'm just kind of there just playing and you know it's like like if i if i didn't have a following anywhere and i wanted to get new people and i was like you know just running a you know relative like if i was just starting out i'd probably be starting with my like if i had a small following of my friends and family on instagram and that type of stuff it just reminds me of the way i started on facebook posting every day i'd be trying to get start my business with those people but then I'd probably be playing with TikTok like I was playing with Instagram four years ago, getting nowhere for a year. And then all of a sudden just realizing, okay, these infographics things work and, and, and then all of a sudden doing that. Whereas you could play with TikTok for a while, build, start building your business on Instagram with the people there and just like play with it and develop some skills and, and, and figure out what works and um, you know, try stuff. And all of a sudden you may be someone who like, you know, if things go well, uh, you know, it, it expands from there and you develop a bit of a following. There's a couple of things that you said there, I think, are really important. The skill building part, being able to take the skill of figuring out any media platform, right? I mean, we, we certainly, I've been a little fixated on Instagram. I've been a bigger presence on Facebook for a while. I'm a little less active, but still on Facebook, obviously. Uh, I never adopted Snapchat in any sort of meaningful way, and I have yet to adopt TikTok. But... I mean, there are people in our industry who actually just go on to Pinterest and, and crush and are very active, which honestly sounds like a pretty smart place to be. Uh, yeah. I think that one uh, audience tends to lean female a little bit. Uh, Reddit's a little different, but there are people who are highly active on Reddit. And then there are a lot of the people that are bigger names in our industry. You know, your Lane Norton, good example. They were active on the old message board. So these are all yeah. little different variations I mean, anyone who got into Twitter early and has blown up a big Twitter following or anyone who's very skilled at YouTube and even this podcast a podcast is a form of media so you got to look at okay well where are your skills what did you do to develop the skills on each of these platforms because TikTok is not the first and it will not be the last thing to come along cause a stir and so far, nothing's really knocked Facebook down. I mean, Facebook's under pressure ideologically, I suppose, in the media for you know some of the stuff it's doing. I mean, it looks depending on which side of ideological spectrum people are on. But you know, there's a bit of controversy recently about some openly like censorship, basically, right? So you're starting to see stuff like that. Um, Twitter, same sort of thing. So who knows what's coming up next? There may be you know, a, a new thing that comes along that eventually does 
unseat Instagram and Facebook as being these big dominant players in this space. Now, yeah. I don't really think that Facebook's going anywhere unless by some miracle, the US government turns around and just breaks them up in an antitrust thing or regulates it like a utility. And quite frankly, I vote for that. I actually think that, you know, it should, it acts like a utility. So I almost think that they should just turn it into a utility. I don't think it's going to happen. They were talking way back when about breaking up Microsoft and they never did it. Uh, yeah. That's a whole different conversation. But point is, there will be something new, right? And then if you have the skill and the ability to get into that new platform when it comes out, like you could, you could talk about, I've written stuff on this, like Vine. If anyone remembers Vine, TikTok is kind of like the new Vine. Mm-hmm. Vine was bought and then you know, dismantled, right? It was, it was taken offline. So a lot of people have built these big followings and, and made money and product placements on these six second Vines. Now, a lot of those people who blew up big Vine followings, like some of them vanished, but a lot of them turned around, took those skills and translated that into Instagram, or maybe they're now on TikTok, or maybe they're, they're on Snapchat, or they built out from there. So that skill set and the ability to go into whatever platform, figure it out, build an audience and a following, and then leverage it into, as you uh, mentioned, getting email addresses, which is the ultimate end goal to yep. control the audience that you're creating, because any platform can be taken away or dismantled or, or become obsolete. I mean, MySpace is the, the old example. I don't think that Facebook will ever truly be like MySpace, but there's also a generational aging out thing. Like younger adopters are not anywhere near as prevalent on Facebook. That may not matter to our generation, but a much younger generation, that could be a thing where if your dominant platform is Facebook and you're just stuck to it, you may, I still think there's a lot of value in staying in the demographic of the older adult who can definitely pay, uh, they can afford services and they're gonna, that's a generation that will need more and more and more fitness, especially with what's going on in the world. But long-term, I don't think getting mired in one, sticking your you know, head in the sand, staying in one platform and blindly just like ignoring everything else that's going on and coming around is a wise strategy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Like, well, for one, I wouldn't recommend people just wait around for the next platform. That's um, that's You know, they're going to put a few posts out and, you know, have a thousand followers, even though I would also say that there's probably always going to be new opportunities that as, as long as the internet is there and as long as te- technology is advancing, we're going to have new places where people are going. Um, maybe just because they're fed up with the, the, the ads on Instagram and Facebook and they go to TikTok because there's less or they go some, or, or we have technologies and places to put stuff uh, like in terms of virtual reality, where now there's new platforms where people are. Um, and, you know, maybe you're a tra- trainer on a gym floor in a virtual reality setting. And now your sales and communication skills in person are now uh, that you used to use on a, on a real gym floor are now working in a fake gym floor, so to speak, right? Like the, the, the skills are always the same. Like uh, it, it, uh, if you can speak and you can um, write, can communicate well, or you can, you know, design pictures or, you know, any way you can communicate with, like, it, it's always going to be the same. Um, you know, so like I, I hired a videography, videographer last year. I can't, I can't tell you whether that was a profitable thing for me. And I spent a lot of money having him around. Um, and I can't tell you at all whether I made money directly off of, you know, the videos we put out, maybe that would have happened anyways, like, I, you know, building a following that type of stuff. But when I hired him, I was like, would I pay this much money just to get comfortable on camera? Is that worthwhile? And I, and I said to myself, I was like, well, it sounds like a fucking crazy amount of money to like, to get comfortable this way. But I was like, if that's all that happened, would it be worth it? And I was like, yeah, probably because most people are scared to do this. And the first day I had him over, like he put the camera on me. Like I said, the people asked me, how do you get comfortable on camera? And I was like, well, I hired someone and had them come over to my place with a camera and pointed at me. And then I would feel like a total idiot if I sent him home without getting comfortable on the camera. So he was in my kitchen and we're starting filming stuff. The first day was just awfully dreadfully bad. Um, you cannot put that stuff out. Like I just, uh, and, um, and it was, I think it was as bad as I thought it was where most people are just too hard on themselves when it comes to uh, camera work. But um, you know, all of a sudden you're com- comfortable doing stuff. And now, you know, when it comes to maybe being like a little bit more vocal or, or my tonality is better when I speak on a place like TikTok. And if all of a sudden, you know, that's good for me, it was probably because I 
planted those seeds in different places, not just because I was waiting around for uh, an opportunity, but because these are just the skills that are going to help you anyways. And um, if, if the internet goes away, speakers, communicators, um, you know, uh, people who are willing to go up on people to a gym floor and actually like, you know, engage them over time and build relationships and, and these types of things, um, you know, or teach people in, in uh, you know, in, in speaking events when we're allowed to do that stuff again, it's not going away. So you shouldn't be waiting for those reasons because like, like that's how, that's, that's how you market. Like it's never going to change. Like if we go back to blogging, like I, part of the reason why I think that one of the biggest reasons why I'm like, why I've been able to do this so comfortably is I used to skip class and write on message boards about hockey. And I did it like 40,000 posts over the course of three years. Like I was obsessed. And from day one to day 40 am I communicate and argue and um and not argue in a way that's like I was an asshole but argue in a way that people actually respected and listened to and got to a point where like I didn't really have a following on this message board but I would say everyone thought I was right all the time because it's just the way I communicated and stuff like that and all of a sudden when it comes to dealing with comments on 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 Instagram or, or dealing with you know people like t telling me I'm an, I'm an idiot or, or something like that or or you know all the engagement we get on uh, on, on as fitness professionals like that was planted in a way that like I just I was just doing what I wanted to do and communicating and, and that type of thing that had never never had any intention of using those skills I built um, hiding away on my computer in classrooms and stuff so it's you know get those skills now regardless because they're going to help you wherever i never thought about this but i actually had a similar experience i used to be very active on fantasy baseball boards i gave up playing fantasy sports many 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 years ago yeah but you would know that how much time you pour into that and the same thing posting interacting as a quote authority on the particular topic and something i forgot about that um that i would have been in my early 20s i did a podcast appearance as a guest talking on this uh, on fantasy baseball in particular with a, an old pal of mine who's gone on to be a very very prominent figure in the fantasy baseball sports world a guy named paul sporer mm -hmm. so i had hadn't thought about that in years and years and years so that's a whole different lifetime ago but you're right those, those skills probably laid the groundwork for some of the stuff that came later it's like with a podcast you know dean and i setting this thing up it was his idea and then we just ran with it but he he did because he asked me because he knew I was dabbling in some YouTube stuff. Now I've since you know, not bothered much with YouTube. I really don't have any sort of presence on there, but at least those initial videos were the sort of thing where Dean knew what I was doing there. He was checking that stuff out. And he also knew that the network and the relationships I had in the industry. So he was like, Hey, you know, we should do this. I said, sure, let's do it. And it spiraled into, well, where it is now and who knows where it'll go in the future. And this has allowed valuable connections with people. I mean, shit, there are like a lot of the people like yourself, I mean, I've sat down and had dinner with you before. I've known you for a few years, yeah. but there are people that I know through the either who I've gotten to get to know really, really well. Guys like Matty Fusaro recently, Dr. Jordan Shallow and uh, Matthew Ibrahim are just three really good examples of recent podcasts where just that conversation, that podcast turned into, you know, an ongoing relationship. You know, Maddie and I text each other and, you know, Jordan is someone who just like hit it off with because we're originally both from Newfoundland. And these are not obscure, no-name figures in our industry. I've been following Maddie's YouTube stuff for many years, just as an example. Well, you know, it's funny, like, and I think this breaks into, like, because you were talking about how, you know, your Instagram can grow in and, and, and that type of thing. And I'm, I'm thinking there's such a contrast between both of the way we did it. Um, and I actually still, I still remember that, like, we, we met at the Fitness Summit um, back in, like, what, 2016, 2017, or something like that. And... We, uh, and just for anyone like, and I think this kind of goes into, uh, you know, styles as far as how you might be able to do this stuff. Um, because your, your following obviously smaller than mine, but also the way you've gotten your followers has largely been through networking and, and put like, you know, obviously being a great fitness professional, but also uh, making friends in the industry, running the podcast, that type of stuff, which has garnered you a lot of um, shared from very big, like very, like Mike Israel, these like Jordan Syatt, these types of people who are vouching for you. So the value of each follower you get through that is just like high, 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 like, okay, Jordan vouches for this guy, like Mike Israel vouches for this guy. So it's just like huge. Whereas, and you know, you being, a, when we met at the fitness summit, like 
I think like, I was like, you were just so easy to meet because you were out there to meet everyone. And I bet I'll like, I bet like 20 to 50 people at that event have the same experience with you that I did. Whereas when I go to events like that, I'm just only friends from that first event. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah. Like you're just like, you know, like, and not handing out cards, but just like making friends everywhere. Whereas I'm a little bit more introverted and those events, like I like going to them. I like being, pe- meeting people, but the idea that I'm going to come away with that with like 30 names and uh, 30 friends is just not the way I interact. So there's probably a lot of people out there like me who like, they don't feel like, like I was scared of the fitness industry, just do the, the idea of selling on the floor um, and all these things and marketing yourself and sales. I was just like, God, this is like, can I just do the job? Um, whereas, you know, a lot of people think the way I market myself on Instagram, like do, do my Q and A's and like, sometimes they're pretty animated and I'm joking around and it's not that I have no personality, but people think I'm so extroverted because of the way I do it. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm just a guy alone in a room with a fucking phone in my, in front of my face. Like it's, it, there's nothing really all that extroverted about it, except for the willing to do it, which I wouldn't say is indicative of extroversion, but I'm just saying that there's two different ways to do this. And you can be a networker who loves to in- interact with people and be a great professional and, 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 and that type of stuff and meet a lot of people and go to events and uh, run a podcast and, and do all that type of stuff, which like your, your following may not be as big as mine, but the way you did it was like, just like the groundwork and, you know, and all that stuff. Whereas I was able to build a business doing something I love, not having to go that route, but using writing skills and, and, you know, like, I don't want to say hiding, like not having done that, but in a lot of cases, you know, working coffee shops without people around me, unlike, you know, just like talking to people over the phone and stuff like that. So it's been like very different. You can do this two different ways and um, you know, the results can be very much the same and, you know, you can, you can build a business you love doing, doing it either way. You're, you're right. And I thought about this before, although it didn't, wasn't top of mind. A lot of the traction I've gained you know, last year for you know new followers has been because Mike Isabel just keeps sharing my stuff on his wall, right? I've probably gotten oh god, fifteen hundred followers just from him in the last two months. Um, Jordan shared one mine in his story, and like it, within a day, I had four hundred new followers. And a lot of those people I've been able to interact with. I mean, it seems like they all stick around. And you look around, and like some big account has followed you. I saw like Matt Ogus. And Pat Davidson both followed me after a Mike Isertel shared. I'm like, oh fuck, okay, you know, I better follow Matt. Yeah. Jesus. Um, or, you know, I, I was having fun with this. So Kelvin Escobar, he uh, he and I chat all the time. And if anyone doesn't know who Kelvin Escobar is, you're from okay. the Ontario area, so you probably know. So yeah. I'm watching him, you know, pitch for the Toronto Blue Jays. He went on to the Los Angeles Angels, and Kelvin's now in his mid 40s, ripped and and fun and just animated. So. He's got me pegged as a close friend on his Instagram. So he shares his uh, workouts. So I get to see all of his workouts because he shares them through that. And this dude, he got me through T Nation writing there. And so he just started following it. So he started messaging. I'm like, what the fuck? I wake up one day. I was like, health best, bro. What the fuck? And so I said, hey, bro, man, you know, I grew up watching you. And so, yeah, so we chat all the time. I'm actually eventually going to bring him on the podcast just to chat with you. He's hysterical. So it's astonishing the stuff that comes through all these different, you know, connections again, getting shared through T Nation and, you know, knowing Mike, uh, you know, I've gone to, I went to a seminar and met Mike. I had him on Facebook, but um, yeah, I was actually, I think it was in 2017. And so we ended up having dinner in a small group. And so his team keeps coming back up to Alberta every year. And so I always make sure we sit down and have dinner. I've had him on the podcast a bunch of times. Yeah. So you know, I know Mike really well. And you invest in those kind of relationships. And it wasn't like I went about it to make friends, all these people, because when I met you, there's a ton of people I also met, got on Facebook, connect with who aren't well-known names in our industry and it just so happened that there's a lot of people who really are right so you just treat everybody the same yeah don't zero in on the the big stars and but at the same time the quote big stars most of the time are actually pretty down-to-earth genuine people so they don't want to trade it like a big yeah so if you just interact normally with them instead of being all starstruck yeah. then they tend to be super cool and relaxed around you sit around sit around and that then you have a drink with them you know, everybody lets her let's loose or whatever i remember you were pretty green around the gills at one point when i for that weekend you yeah. had a rough night i remember <laughs> I it's probably harder now to build an instagram following when you know the infographics are blowing up and i know that like when when you and carter good and jordan and sohi and spencer nadolski all were just blowing infographics out there and uh, you know jason maxwell you know you could really gain big, big following rapidly at that point. 
So I think now, you know, we talk about Instagram a fair bit on the podcast. I think a lot of people would like to grow it and it's more challenging, but you're right. You know, those relationships, that network has played a major role in when they share my stuff, it validates, they vouch for me. And then people are like, oh shit, who the fuck is this guy that Mike Isertel keeps sharing? Wait a second, this guy was on uh, Jonathan Goodman's feed. Tony Gentlecourt just shared something of his. Yeah. Jordan Wyatt, who the hell is this guy? Anyways, yeah. so all right, and they dig into my stuff. Oh, he writes yeah. for Nation. okay, cool, right? And all of a sudden then they're engaged. So there's a lot of stamps of approval across the board on that. So I, I think it is valuable to interact with and be a genuine human being with the people in the industry who are you know, more influential. But at the same time, also like get into your writing, you know, long form content creation, earn that space. So if you're interested in writing for a publication like T Nation or any or bodybuilding.com, get your shit out there, practice it to the point where you're on there. And those are major yes. seals of approval of uh, credibility in our world. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, um, just get jacked and develop some writing skills and talk to T Nation and all of a sudden you've got, you know, you, you've got a lot of, uh, a, a lot of people vouching for you and stuff like that. But like, it's, it's, uh, no, I, I admire the way you did it. Like, um, and I think like it goes back to, uh, you know, we both would have heard this at some point, Lou Shuler says when the industry is ready for you, like it'll tell you. Um, whereas everyone wants to kind of just like, Hey, like, like, let's just do it. Um, whereas, so like, you know, in the way that you, like, you, you develop that through just like, just steady, like building relationships, talking to people and like, obviously like just doing the job well. And, um, you know, like your, and, and, and especially like with, with your, like where you are a teenage and like, and, and all these places, like, uh, the, the industry is ready for you because you, you were good at your job and, and like people want to listen to you and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, um, you know, and like, why do people pop on the podcast and then start vouching for you? They're just like, this guy's good to vouch for. Um, and it just like, and it, it just happens to work out that way. And the thing is, it's just going to keep working out that way as long as you keep doing it. That's funny. I actually just got a yell yesterday. And it was from somebody, it was a professional sounding email and they're like, Hey, you know, we see your podcast, blah, 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 blah. Great job. It's like, yeah, we have this agency and, you know, we're wondering if you're interested in us recommending you guests, you're not under any obligation and, you know, listed off a whole bunch of people who I've never heard of, except for Ben Greenfield, who has gone yeah. far off into the bullshit to, in, end of the spectrum. That he, he's not someone I'd ever want to have on here. Yeah. So, but otherwise I didn't recognize any of these names. So, and, and oftentimes I'll just ignore this stuff, but this one is like, ah, I gotta have some fun. So I politely replied. So, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, I probably have about a, a year's worth of people I want to get on here and talk to. And uh, meanwhile, you know, and, and I know they didn't look and, and go in depth of what I was doing at all. They're just selling some sort of bullshit idea. So yeah, and actually, uh, you know, thankfully I've had Dr. John Berardi and Martin Rooney and Dr. Mike Isertel and Brett Contreras and, you know, so on and so forth, a bunch of other, you know, noteworthy names in our world in my email and I thank them very much so that was kind of just a little point of comedy right yeah um, yeah uh, there's a ton of value in, in building a network and, and getting to know people but again you know at, at that event right like you didn't know who I was I didn't know who you were when we first met you know yeah. I knew who the speakers were and there's a handful of people hang out like John Romanello was was there I knew who he was he wasn't one of the, the speakers yeah yep but you, know, you try to make an effort to interact with a lot of those people, but at the same time, a lot of the best relationships, lucrative relationships that I've made out of some of these events are people that, you know, weren't someone who I knew before going into that. Mm -hmm. 100%. So I, I've got to get to rolling. I've got a client in an hour. Yep. It's a really great uh, chance to catch up with you and chat. So, I guess we do need, we've talked a lot about social media, so we do need to let people know where to find you on Instagram, TikTok, and whatnot. Yeah, so uh, it's, uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on, man. Um, it's been good to catch up. I, uh, you can catch me at, uh, Instagram would be Chad Hargrove one, um, because there's another Chad Hargrove out there. So, and that's the same thing on TikTok, Chad Hargrove one uh, on Instagram and um, on, on TikTok. And, uh, and you can find me at uh, my website, chadhargrove.com as well. I think it's pretty straightforward to find you. It's nice when you, I, I have this sort of weird thing. A lot of people, instead of using their own name, will have some sort of very generic, and I'm sure a lot of listeners and guys, like I'm not criticizing it, but a lot of, a lot of listeners will have, their Instagram profile will be a, a, a fitness brand name. Now it's like, we all know what precision nutrition is. We all know what Renaissance periodization is. And a handful of these other, you know, stronger you we mentioned. 
Yeah. But it's not that those names built those companies, those companies and what they grew into made the name ubiquitous. Yep. So I personally am a proponent of, you know, naming your, your own name is unique unless you're someone who literally has a name that is the same as someone else's. <laughs> like yeah. there are two Chris Vroomans in the industry. One is a keto guy and one is a, a pal of mine on, on Facebook who's uh, kind of part of our world. So that, that's a bit unlucky. Yeah. Outside of that, you know, we all know who Dean Somerset is. We all know who Jordan Syed is. We all know who Luca Hosovar is, or at least I, I hope so. Yeah. Mike Isertel. So I think that if you're somewhere where, you know, you're trying to grow and get your name out there, or if you're in the space that's not too dissimilar from where you and I are, you know, you and I, as well as we've done, we're still not John Berardi. So yeah. I think there's something to be said for using your brand name, un unless you're just so determined to build this business entity that is bigger than yourself. And maybe one day you want to sell it. Like, I know P2P talks about that a lot with Cressy Sports Performance, how they wish they had not named it after Eric, but there were still a lot of benefits to putting Eric's name on it early on. So either way, I, well, yeah. I go ahead. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, like, but also like, if you have like an, a business idea like that, like, you know, just go for instance, like lose weight slow.com or something like that, the way I, I could go, it's almost like you may as well do that. Like, and, and if you have the chops to like build a business like that from scratch, like I just, you know, that sounds really hard. Um, but like you could be like, you know, Chad Arger, the guy that helps people lose weight slow. And then when, when you develop, like when you have people like, oh, that's really good. Maybe that's the idea where you actually turn that into the business and take your name away from it a little bit more um, versus thinking that's how it's supposed to start. I mean, like when, when, when speaking about branding and um, I would have actually heard this from Jordan side, actually, when we first started out, he's like, you're not supposed to start with a brand. You're supposed to like develop the brand based on the stuff you're saying over and over, you know, like your brand kind of just develops itself. And then like, and that's kind of like where I got to was I was just putting out the stuff that I thought was important. I, I brought in followers who also that thought that stuff was important and you bring in a certain, you know, kind of client through that. And they're, they're usually the people who like, you know, share your previous struggles. And now I get to a point three years later where I'm like, you know, and I don't have a logo, um, you know, like I, I don't have all the stuff that people want to start with. Um, but now I'm like, okay, well, what have I been saying for the last three years? Like, like, and then, you know, that's kind of where I went back to the thing my business coach said was lose weight slow. I was like, well, that's kind of almost what I'm telling like most people to do because, you know, most of my clients take vacations that they, they drink and I'm just like, Hey, like, you know, if you think this is going to go fast and you're also going to do all the things you want to do, um, that's just a setting yourself for massive disappointment in terms of just, uh, unrealized expectations that you're the fact that you, you know, you actually do go two months and, um, lose two pounds if you actually make it that far, because most people just get disappointed. They haven't lost four in four weeks and they're done. Um, so like, just, you know, don't rush the whole branding thing. Uh, just be you. And, and if you have important stuff to say, then, then people are going to be ready for you. And eventually maybe you turn that into a bigger brand. Um, you know, but if you're going to start at, at the bigger brand, like you, you better, you better know what the, you, you better know what your customer and you better know what the market is. And, and you better already know that stuff because the people that's, that are starting these businesses in a lot of cases, they might just be starting it because they have a lot of money and know a few people, or they've been in the industry a long time and they understand the consumer and, and, and how to brand a business and stuff like that, which is probably something you're going to, you're going to have to lay groundwork and, and have some experience in order to do. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think that is wise piece of advice is, you know, don't start with a brand so much as just develop yourself. I think you will find a brand within your interests, the type of clientele that seem to come to you and the things that emerge from your messages and your interaction with people. Mm -hmm. So we, we know where to find you. Uh, guys, everyone listening, I really appreciate the fact that you keep tuning in every week. I've been getting a ton of really cool feedback. I really would love to hear you know, message from you guys. If you've never messaged before, but you are a regular listener, please give me, a, give me a shout on Instagram. That's where I'm the most interactive. And then if you're someone who's finding this for the first time, you know, and uh, through Chad and his media, then I appreciate the fact that you listen to this one. Um, some of the, I've mentioned some of the recent guests. If you take a look through our recent library, you know, people who, you know, Sohi Lee is a good friend, Jordan Syed, good friend, who do not dissimilar things from what Chad has been doing. And they're mm -hmm. both fairly recent guests. So you can totally check out what uh, what those sound like. And if you like it, I'd love it if you stick around and subscribe because I've got a lot more really cool stuff coming up. 
And another guest that I have booked is Susan uh, Niebergall, who is, right. you know, not in a dissimilar space either from uh, the type of message that you have as well. Susan's really Good. wonderful. 60 and shredded and just awesome. She, she's really cool. So she's coming yeah. up. I got some more cool stuff planned. Uh, meanwhile, thanks so much. And if you're not following me on social media, Andrew Coates Fitness uh, on Instagram, please like jump on that. I definitely want to interact with you. Say hi. And uh, Chad, thanks so much. And I hope that, you know, travel restores and we'll be able to sit down and have a drink yeah. in-person event in the not too distant future. Mentally, I've kind of resigned myself to knowing cool. that I probably won't see much for the first half of 2021. But my plans are to go ahead with the Evolve uh, Symposium in uh, probably September here in Edmonton. And uh, hopefully we can put out a big party and that'll be a great event. Well, thanks, brother. I really appreciate you yeah. coming on. Catch a baseball. Game.